Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. It's been a couple of weeks. It really has. It's been a while. Uh, we apologize for that. There's been, you know, some some scheduling issues. First, you know, there was a baseball game, you know, that just kind of, you know, takes up my uh, my Thursday night there. And then, you know, I have, in case you haven't seen uh, on either Twitter or Instagram or wherever else, I have adopted a puppy. Woohoo! Yeah. Her name is Millie, and she is a very good girl sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes she's uh, a little little annoying, but, uh, you know, she's overall, she's great. And she's Millie, get away from the toilet paper. <laughs> good timing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the joys of puppy ownership but uh but it's great uh she's she's wonderful but she takes up a lot of time there uh but uh, other than that matt how have you been uh not bad got a little uh but still dealing with a plumbing issue this has been going on for over a month at the house that we're hoping finally gets resolved next week otherwise world baseball classic march madness started today did arizona screw over your bracket because they sure did mine yeah, dude, I had a perfect bracket until then. Oh, like, like I had it, I had it all going. I had Maryland, I had Furman. Oh my God, the ending of the Furman Virginia game was fantastic. Uh, I had San Diego State, I had Missouri, I had Arkansas, I had Auburn, Arizona ruined it. Yeah. Ruined it for everybody. Yeah. I saw something where I think it was like 0.12% of brackets remained perfect after after Princeton beat Arizona. Luckily, I had Arizona losing in the Sweet 16, so I'm not too destroyed uh, by that. So I had them all the way to the finals. So Really? Yeah. I, yep, I not, cannot not, trust Arizona to go that far. I shouldn't. You know, should know after several years that's the reason i didn't have virginia going very far but should have remembered yeah. with arizona too yep can't uh, trust virginia can't trust arizona no that's i only have three losses on the day uh but one of them yeah arizona bit me so it oh, the rest of it's set up pretty well if, if i can you know have some the right chaos happen to some other people namely alabama losing early which that's going to be a tough one I, I've still got a shot. I got Kansas winning it all, so I, I'm still I'm still set up well overall. But yeah, I, I need some things to go in my favor. I created eight brackets uh, because that's just who I am as a person. Um, and in my best bracket, which was actually the last bracket that I made, uh, I have just two misses so far. Nice Arizona, and I had Oral Roberts upsetting Duke. Ah, yeah, and they did not even come close. Yeah, uh, so that was unfortunate. But I have Kansas winning that bracket. And then in my my the first bracket that I made, my main bracket, quote unquote, uh, I have just three misses. Uh, Missouri, Utah State, Arizona, mm. and I had Iowa over Auburn in that one. And oh, I had Iowa over Houston as well. That's a that's another loss. Um eh, that's unfortunate. Uh, but I have Texas winning that one. The wow. long Okay. Do you yeah. have a Marquette bracket? The long, I have the I have the Longhorns beating Marquette in that in that oh, bracket. Oh, okay, okay. Do you have any with Marquette winning at all? I do. I do have one with Marquette winning at all. I've got okay. one with Marquette. I've got uh, two 
with Purdue. Mm. Um, then I've got one with Houston, one with Alabama, one with Texas, and two with Kansas. Okay. All, all solid chances. But yeah. this isn't a March Madness podcast, is it? No, it is not. It is it is the Brewers Baseball, the Cold Brew podcast. And, well, there's uh, quite a bit going on. The Brewers have completed uh, an earlier trade made back in November uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays, acquiring Javi Guerra for a player to be named later. And that player, Matt, has been named. And that player is Victor Castaneda, uh, who I really kind of, I kind of liked as a... You just heard Millie there. Uh, I kind of liked as a prospect, uh, but, you know, the upside I still feel like was a bit limited. And, you know, ultimately was his role going to be in the rotation or in the bullpen? And, uh, you know, the Brewers opted to instead move him to the Tampa Bay Rays. And if the Rays like him as a pitcher, that makes me think, hmm, what were the Brewers missing here? Yeah, right. Um yeah, I don't I don't know that he had more than like fifth starter upside at best, long reliever like you said. Um he was one of the very few starting pitching depth pieces, if you will, for the Brewers and the Miners. Um he had snuck onto the top 30 last year, uh fell off of it. Um he wasn't on it on the uh pipeline's top 30 anyway to start this season. Um, but you know, he was one of those borderline prospects who, when the top 30 was a little bit weaker, um, gave him obviously a little bit more consideration, um, you know, could pitch some longer innings. And I was curious if like, maybe he'd make a spot start here or there over the next couple of years as they needed one. And maybe, you know, if, if the right wrong guys were injured or something like that. And they had to dig a little deeper and find someone else. Like maybe he would have gotten one of those shots, but um, I mean, it's not a, I would like to say it's not a massive loss, but uh, then like you said, like the Rays, when they eye up certain pitchers, they tend to turn them into something good. So uh, curious to see how he ends up looking in Tampa, but uh Hopefully a, a trade that ends up helping both teams. Um, Brewers needed bullpen depth. Javi Guerra, uh, he's, um, you know, when when he's on, he can do some stuff. So um, I, I'd like to see him win out a spot and see if he can maybe get some high leverage stuff. So it, best case scenario, it ends up working for both teams. All right. So Victor Castaneda, you know, I always thought that with him, moving, you know, being the, the piece that was included for Javi Guerra, I, I think lends a bit more to the idea that the Brewers really like Guerra and want to give him a really good opportunity to earn a spot in the bullpen. Because, I mean, Castaneda's a pretty solid prospect. I mean, he was ranked in the top 30 for, you know, a couple of years, kind of towards the back end of it. But, you know, really for... For him, for him to be included, I think lends to to the idea that the Brewers really like Javi Guerra. Yeah, it it definitely, um, like I said, um, best case scenario is you see it work out for both teams. The Rays aren't just going to take no one for someone you know who's had the upside in the past of Guerra. Um, but you're right. Um, 
you know, the, the Brewers must truly believe that they have something there and really think there's a ton of potential to move on from a guy who, yeah, is a borderline top 30 prospect. Like, they've moved him up through the system. Um, he's worked his way all up to, he had a, a, a little bit of time at AAA. Um, so he was on the verge of, like I said, making that spot start or two um, with the Brewers. So, you know, that's kind of the quality pitcher that um, that the Rays are going to get. So, um, like you're getting at, you don't move on from a guy who, you know, has a little bit of potential. And, and who knows? Like I, I said, he was a, you know, borderline fifth or a long reliever or something. But, you know, that's not to say that he could have possibly, um, you know, come out and, you know, done something for the Brewers or done something a little unexpected. Um, but, yeah, that's the the type of talent that the Brewers think they're balancing out a little bit. Um, Javi Guerra is definitely going to get a chance here. Um, and if he comes out and pitches to his uh, absolute potential, um, that's high leverage stuff for the Brewers. That's exactly – that's what they need – when you're a team with Devin Williams and kind of question marks right behind him. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that bullpen picture shakes out, but I'm the Brewers still do have one more uh, player to be named later that they have to name. Uh, the Owen Miller trade also included a player to be named later. Uh, we, st- we have not yet seen who that will be, but um, as Millie has several <laughs> opinions on, uh, I don't think she's a fan of, of trading Victor Castaneda uh, for Javi Guerra. I, I think she really liked him. I mean, by the sounds of it, she's a big spring training watcher, so she must be a, particularly a fan of prospects is what I'm guessing. Yes, yes, she is a big prospect fan um, as, as a young up-and-comer herself. Um, as, as, as just a young pup trying to, trying to work her way to the big leagues. Uh, yeah, she is, uh, she's going through all that. So this is the first time we've recorded a podcast with her. Um, so we're seeing how it goes. Hopefully she will not continue to, uh, bark repeatedly as we do these going forward as, as much as everyone else I'm sure would love to, um, well, probably not hear it, but at least see Millie a bit more. Right. Um, I can definitely post her more on Twitter um, and, and Instagram and Facebook and everything else. I think the people would love that from what is now the official dog of reviewing the brew. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I need? I need to get her a brewer's bandana. Absolutely. Yes. And then she can be the official mascot. Then, then she's fully, fully dressed. My God. I can't believe I haven't gotten one for ours yet. I know, man. What's what's up with that? Slacking. I'm slacking. Slack. I, we've we've had our our oldest of the two for like almost three years now. So there, there's I I literally have no excuse. More than three years. So it's got to be done. I'll hit the team store up this weekend. Oh yeah, definitely gotta gotta get that. Gotta, gotta get in style. I mean, right. regular season is almost here. Gotta get prepared for that. That's true. So, we're all we're all in our our uh, spring training right now. We're all we're all just trying to prepare for the season. Exactly, exactly. Me especially right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, as as much as I thought raising a puppy or at least you know getting a puppy would be great, uh, it is so stressful. <laughs> it is 
if you're thinking about getting a puppy, get a dog that's more fully grown. Just, just, I'm just going to throw that out there. They are adorable. Yes. But so stressful. Mm. So stressful. Get one that's maybe a year old, maybe two. It's already house trained, you know, crate trained, that kind of thing. Um, that won't bite you when you're petting them. You know, that's that's my recommendation from one puppy owner to prospective puppy owners. Get a closer to adult dog. Be prepared to s- devote a lot of time, especially in the beginning. That's yes. for sure. Ours now, that was the same thing. Like ours, our, both of ours, when we first got them, it took a huge time commitment. And now they're chill. They sleep. The first one's the laziest dog I've ever met anyway. All he does is sleep. So very, very low maintenance for the most part. The other one's kind of getting there. But uh, but it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, she's relatively, like, low maintenance for a puppy. And it's yeah. still stressful. <laughs> So, just saying. Uh, back to baseball, actually. Um, the World Baseball Classic. Rowdy yeah. Telez dominating for Team Mexico. And Luis Arias playing well for Team Mexico. And Mexico on their way, quarterfinals. Devin Williams, Team mm-hmm. USA, also in the playoffs. Uh, Sal Freelick. Sal Freelick leading Sal the Freelich. Italians. Yes. Oh my God. I loved their celebration. It was so, it was so on brand. Sal Freelich, the hit collector, mm-hmm. as Craig Council affectionately calls him, leading Italy to the quarterfinals. Now they lost in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, but still a great world baseball classic shown for Sal Freelich, who is now set to arrive back at Brewers camp and compete for an opening day roster spot. Yeah. That, uh, that the quarterfinals starting that much that quickly after uh America's pool play was really messed with me because I was like, wait, I thought they made the next round. Why is it saying Italy's? Oh, they already started the quarterfinals. That was the the timing of all of this with not necessarily all the pools playing at the same time was super weird. But that's my only criticism, because for the most part, outside of a really bad injury that happened recently, um, very unfortunate to Edwin Diaz, um, the World Baseball Classic has been as absolutely entertaining as it always is. Um, And some other, you know, Brewers players who played in there, too. um, Carlos Rodriguez, I believe, for Nicaragua, um, got the start in the first game and actually pitched pretty well. Uh, Robert Stock, minor league pitcher for the Brewers for Team Israel, um, got a save in their first game. Um, Alex Hall, Brewers legend. Yes, Brewers legend. With a second deck homer for Team Australia, and they made it to the quarters. Um, Yeah, like, Brewers very well represented in the World Baseball Classic. Like, it's so freaking cool to watch. But, yeah, Rowdy Telez might actually be – of all of them, arguably him versus Sal Freelich, but Rowdy might be the hottest of all of them. What would you say? Yeah, I, I think Rowdy's definitely been been the hottest of them. And one name we haven't even mentioned yet, Willie Adamas yeah. uh, for the Dominican Republic. And the, the first game for the Dominican, they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Willie Adamas was not in the starting lineup. The next game, Willie Adamas is in the starting lineup. 
he goes two for four, and they win. Yeah. Now, is that a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, and now they're eliminated, and did he end up playing in the last game? Nope. nope. Sure didn't. Hmm. You got maybe Thomas. Thomas. Maybe he should have played Billy Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sad. Um, but no, getting to, back to what you were saying, uh, self relic yep, comes back to camp. I'm going to try and win himself a spot. Um, I think the Brewers, it's hard because obviously, like, he hasn't been there for them to evaluate. Um, but it's hard not to overlook what he did um, playing against some very, very good international players. Um, he ends up going, I think, one for five on that first game. Um, but ends up stealing a base and scoring the winning run. Um, he ended up having two hits in the next game and driving in some runs. He ended up, uh, he, had, he hit. Uh, he had like 304, I think. Yeah, yes. Uh, it, he, I'll amazing, take a 304 batting average. Amazing run for him. So you take that into account a little bit. Now you get to actually see him back with the team. I still have him on the outside looking in for a roster spot. Um you just uh, came out with your updated prediction of the opening day roster recently. Where did you have him? Sal Freelich, I have him actually uh, missing the okay. roster. And that's not because I don't want him to make it, because I do want him to make it. But do I think the Brewers actually will start with him? I don't know. I feel I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers play the the game of of keeping him down for you know a week or two to get that extra year of service time um although they there is the incentive now to put him on the opening day roster if he wins rookie of the year which i mean there's a very solid chance he could do um you know then you could get a draft pick um and you know risk reward there um, I think they should do it. I'm not entirely convinced that they will. Um, he's not on the Ford man yet. Uh, neither is Tyler Naquin, uh, but Naquin has a bit more experience at the big league level. Although the higher ceiling obviously belongs to Sal Freelich. You know, I'm, I'm certainly not blind to that. Yeah. So I have him missing. I also have Bryce Terang missing. And I had one dude mm-hmm. email me. First of all, I don't even know how he got my email. Um, but like, I've gotten, I've gotten a couple of those lately. I'm just like, how, how did you get this? Uh, but he's like, where's, where's Bryce Terang? He misspelled Bryce. Um, and it's just like, oh, he completely omitted him. You know, good article turned bad. I'm just like, okay, first of all, I did mention him. And second of all, look, just cause I don't have him in there currently doesn't mean he's not actually going to make it. We're still two weeks out from opening day. A lot can change between now and then. He could very well make it. He very well could. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a crowded infield group. You know, I mean, you've got you've got Telez, you've got Adamas, and you've got Arias as you know your three for sure making it. Then you're gonna have. I mean, Brian Anderson is going to be in the mix. I, I had Anderson included among the outfielders just because of Tyrone Taylor's injury. Uh, but then you're gonna have Mike Brasso probably the way he, he's been swinging the bats. Owen Miller, he's been swinging a hot bat. How do you keep him off the roster? Luke Voigt, uh, his opt-out was on the, was on Thursday here and it looks like he's going to be keeping around. I mean, he's, you know, been hitting the crap out of the ball lately. I don't see why they wouldn't add him to the 40 man roster and most likely the 26 afterwards. 
And, you know, after that, you start running out of spots, you know. So where where do you put him? I, I mean, I would love to see Bryce Trang make the opening day roster. I, I think, at least as of right now, you know, Miller and, and Brasso have showed well and showed that they're deserving of opportunities. Bryce Trang has also showed he's deserving of an opportunity. Which way could they go? I mean, they, they could very well option Miller and keep up Terang. They could go either way. I don't know. This is this is a guess. I'm not Craig Council. I don't I don't know. But based on what these guys are doing so far, this is where I would I would line it up. Yeah, and uh, in regards to the infield, didn't even mention like Keston Hira, Abraham Toro. Nope, he's like, not making that's it. Just, that's just how crowded though, like this infield truly is. Um, there's so many names to go through and, um, Craig council doesn't exactly have a history of just relying on tons of young guys. And, you know, that's the same, that's, that's part of the same reasoning that I had for Sal Freelich missing at the very least the opening day roster is you're already relying on Garrett Mitchell as your starting center fielder. That's just happening. Um, you may be relying on Bryce Trang in the infield, even if even Abraham Toro is like still relatively young, if he were to end up winning a spot, Owen Miller is young. If he ends up winning a spot, like these aren't like, like major veterans or anything like that. So to also add a self free lick, if you do add a Bryce Terang, like that's relying on a lot of youth. And we know that uh, Craig council likes to have vets. He likes to give the vets playing time. So it just in the case of Sal Freelich, which is what started all of this. Um, yeah, I I too have him on the outside looking in for the fact that like it's it's one more young name to throw into the pot for the fact that they have guys like Brian Anderson and Tyler Naquin potentially, and you know hope to God they don't throw Jesse Winker out there really for any right field starts uh, because he's so terrible on defense. But they could. He is an outfielder after all. Um, like, and then at some point Tyrone Taylor comes back if they don't move on from him. So it's, it's crowded there for him. He's, he would have to come in, in my opinion, these last couple weeks and just hit the ball so well that he makes it impossible for them to leave him off the roster. And does he have that ability? Sure. Um, but it's, it would have to take just a monster performance for him to make opening day. And that's nothing against him. He will contribute. I wrote an article as well a um, little while ago about uh, three guys who won't make the opening day roster but will contribute this year. Um, and he was absolutely one of them. He will make it. And, and I would say easily before the All-Star break, he makes it onto the roster if he doesn't make opening day. Yeah, it's I, I think they should do it. Will they, I mean, we'll, we'll end up seeing if the Brewers have the desire to, to put him on there, but I think he's ready. I mean, I, I don't know what more there is for him to do. I mean, sure, there isn't a large sample size, but I mean, he's shown some pretty good domination. You know, there, there's no underlying concerns. He doesn't strike out a bunch. There's, there's nothing like that. I mean, everything is all there. Um. So we'll see what they do. But another guy who used to have that label, Keston Hira. I think we got to talk about Keston now. Yeah. His position with the team 
where he's at. I mean, we're at Luke Voigt's uh, opt-out dates. Now, they haven't said anything officially, but, I mean, Brewer's social media was posting him earlier in, in the day. He just hit another home run. Um, it's looking like he's going to be making the roster. Luke Voigt has 10 hits already in, in 28 at-bats. He's hitting 357. Um, he's got a pair of homers. He is just crushing the ball. Meanwhile, Keston Hira, in nine games, is hitting a buck seventy-four mm-hmm. with a four eighty-six OPS, nine strikeouts, mm. and twenty-six plate appearances. It's the same old, same old for Keston. Nothing yep. has changed. Nothing has improved. He hasn't looked better at all. Luke Voigt has looked good. I think we're at the end of Keston Hira, just like we're at the end of Aaron Rodgers with Green Bay, except with far fewer accomplishments and success. I think we've reached the end of the Kesson Hura era in Milwaukee. I don't see any way you can put him on this opening day roster with the, like, as we were talking about with the, with the crowded infield group, then with Luke Voigt hitting well and playing the exact same position, bringing the exact same skill set, but with far better success here is out of minor league options. I don't see any way you can put him on this roster. No, I agree. We were talking about this in the writers' chat um, on a day where Luke Voigt um, hit. I think he hit a home run uh, in that game, and Kesson Hira went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Ugh. And it's like it. It's like it, if anything, like that was the perfect like microcosm yeah of like this is just how the direction has to be it's and and i i had said like i i'd almost at this part and we love keston here like we wanted him to succeed but i'd almost i'd almost be mad if they did keep him because like you said you've got luke boyt who plays the same two positions first base and dh um and provides better offense You've also got Owen Miller, as we mentioned, as one of these candidates for the infield who can play plenty of first base. Uh, Luke Voigt's actually yeah. not good defensively at first base. So if he were to play, I would hope it would be as some sort of DH platoon or something. Uh, you know them. Like, the but guys get either way. all over the place. They'll, they'll play multiple positions if they have to. But you've got Miller there, too. Um, so he could get filtered in, you know, really all over the infield and be more of that depth piece at first. So if you look at those three guys, Luke Voigt, Owen Miller, and Keston Hira, and you're someone who is not a Brewers fan, you're looking at this completely objectively, just purely stat-based, and you can keep two of those three guys, of course you're going to keep Voigt and Miller. Like, that only makes sense. So Mm -hmm. if, if, if you're serious about winning, if you're serious about, like, we had our offensive inconsistencies. Think about that for a second. We had our offensive inconsistencies last year, and that is something all the Brewers fans want the team to turn around. You're, are you really going to favor a guy who struck out 40% of the time last year, is striking out 35% of the time this spring, and bring him back and favor him over guys who are actually hitting the ball? Like, If you want that offense to be more consistent, you got to go with the other two or one of one of the other two. If you can only keep one of the three, like I just don't, I don't get what argument outside of he was a first rounder and he showed potential in 2019. 
what other argument you could have for keeping Keston Hira on the opening day roster. And by, by that nature, on the roster at all because of the lack yeah. of uh, options left. Yeah, I mean, the the only reason that, that they would have to keep him on the roster at this point would be because they don't want to see some other team claim him for nothing and have his turnaround over there. Because because hey, he was their you know, first-round pick. He was such a highly touted prospect, and he hasn't been able to, to figure it out. And they don't want him to go someplace else and tap into that talent what, that they know is in there, mm-hmm. but haven't, haven't quite been able to get out. Yeah, and, and you know what? For for a few years, that makes sense. You can you, you hold on to that. He's a top prospect. He's got the potential. You know, no, he's not performing, but we'll keep him around because we think maybe we can unlock it or at some point he'll snap out of it. That's fine for a while, but now you're at the point where it's been years you know, it's been it's been four years. He uh, comes up in 2019, so 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. Uh, this would be the fifth year. Um, no options left. Like they've had to. He has no options left because they've had to keep optioning him back down to AAA to try and get things sorted out. Like that's that's why we're in the boat that we're in. Um, yeah, it's just you can't you can't hang on to that. Oh, but he might anymore like that time mm-hmm. is done it's 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 unfortunately put up or shut up time and he hasn't put up like he, he just hasn't like that's the undeniable truth and it's it's unfortunate none of us wanted Hira to fail and none of us you know would prefer that they move on from him but the fact of the matter is they just have better talent more reliable talent on the roster right now um and that it it needs to be the direction the brewers go in yeah, it's it's undeniable at this point. There, there's no way that they can justify keeping him on the roster the, the way that he's been hitting. And, you know, you can only draw so much in the spring training stats, but, I mean, it, it's also going back three years, uh, the, the lack of success. And, you know, as much as Luke Voigt has a similar profile with the high stroke, high strikeouts, you know, reliant on power, not great defense, kind of a DH-only profile, as much as they're, like, similar that way, Voigt's strikeouts are nowhere near as high as Hira's, no. and Voigt has a long track record of success at the big league level. Hira mm-hmm. does not. Hira had one good rookie season, yep. and even that was underlied by a major strikeout issue. But that's all Hira has. Mm-hmm. And being a, an arbitration-level guy, if they hold him on the roster uh, for opening day— his 2.2 million becomes fully guaranteed his salary for the season. If they cut him beforehand, they're only on the hook for half of it or 75% or they're only on the hook for a percentage of it rather than the whole thing. So if you're going to keep him on, you know, until opening day, you're paying him that whole salary, whether you cut him a week later or not, you know, if you cut him a week later, you still own that whole salary. If you cut him the week before opening day, you don't owe him the whole salary. So it it would make sense for the Brewers to just move on. I, I just don't see Hira making this roster. Not with Miller, not with Voigt, not with all the other guys who are playing well. It's unfortunate, but it's over. And I was saying this during the offseason. It, it's time for these two sides to divorce. Mm-hmm. Try to trade him. He, he's got practically no trade value. 
but get something, whether it's a, you know, a low level, a, a single A reliever or whatever it is, get something, uh, get whatever you can. But Keston Hira has, he's got no future in Milwaukee. He just doesn't. No, he sure doesn't. That's a good point about the uh, contract, too, is you if you're going to keep him for an opening day roster, you you have to be certain you're going to keep him for the entire year. Otherwise, it's just a waste of money. And is that a huge amount of money? No. Um, but it's still the Brewers like they're, they're you know, I'm, I'm sure they don't want to just they traded Josh Hader to save money. Exactly. It took Corbin Burns to arbitration to save seven hundred and forty goddamn thousand dollars. There you go. Yep. Exactly. So it's not unconsequential, inconsequential to the Brewers to save what they would save by cutting Kesson Hira. And that may end up just having to be what they do is a designate for assignment. If he has any trade value, a team's gonna try and claim him off of waivers and they'll they'll end up trying to work through it that way. But if he has the trade value that it seems like he has, he's going to end up clearing it. And then at this point, then, yeah, like it's I, I'm sure if he had even a smidgen of trade value, he would have been traded by now. Yeah, like I was I was surprised he was not in, he was not at least like thrown in to the William Contreras deal. Yeah. You know, where they sent a stereo Ruiz to Oakland. Like, why not throw Keston Hira into Oakland? You know, mm-hmm. they, they'd have the at-bats and opportunities for him to try to figure it out over there. Yeah. Like, throw Keston Hira to Oakland just, just as a throw-in, you know? It, and even if, like, you know, that trade comes down, it's like, oh, okay, like, we gave up a stereo Ruiz. We got William Contreras in this three-team deal. What else did we give up? Oh, we had to give up Keston Hira. Nah, okay. That's fine. That's fair. Right. No one- no one would be too upset about that, I don't think. No, it was already one-sided enough in the Brewers' favor as it was. Like, yeah. adding Hura into it might have actually made it feel a little balanced. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. But, yeah, it definitely seems like the Kesson Hura era is over in Milwaukee. So, it's going to be labeled by disappointment. It's just it's just part of it. That's, that, that's how it's going to come down. Um, also in spring training, guess who did make an appearance and played well? Hmm. It's Jackson Churio. Yeah. The high prospect of the decade. Jackson Churio. Um, yeah, he is uh, doing well in his uh, few spring training appearances. I was honestly a little surprised he didn't get a non-roster invite like mm-hmm. several other top prospects have gotten in years past. Uh, but they did bring him over for a couple of games and... Churio has, you know, done well as he as he always does. Also, my boy Hedbert Perez with a home run in Cactus League play, uh, he's looking good. So hopefully he can have a nice bounce back season in 2023. Get back on the Hedbert hype train. It's happening. It's uh, it's taken off from the station. So if you hopped off last season, you might want to hop back on. I'm sorry, okay, for keeping him off of my top 25 prospects. I apologize. Yeah. Don't think I didn't forget. Don't think I didn't remember that. I know that was a passive aggressive shot at me. I, I just know it. <laughs> now, uh, but Jackson Cheerio, yes, was partying like it's 1776 as he yeah. beat up on Great Britain. America. In that, I, I'm just annoyed that that doesn't show up in his official spring training stats. Because, yeah, he was uh, two for three 
that day had two doubles, um, uh, ended up walking. He, uh, I think he scored a run and had an RBI maybe. I not, it's been a little bit now. Lots happened since then. Um, yeah. And then, oh, that's right. And then he ended up having a, um, he even hit a ground out that would, was like 105 miles an hour off the bat. So he even scorched that. Um, yeah. Jackson Churio, like what more do, what more can we even say about him at this point? Like, it's uh, this year we're going to end up playing that game of like, especially if he ends up progressing through double A quickly and moving on to triple A fans are going to end up playing that game of like, will he end up getting called up this year? And it's not a 0% chance. We've said this in the past, not a 0% chance that it happens with a guy as talented as he is. I don't think it had happened before September, um, but it's just amazing the the like the poise this kid has the how he's able to make adjustments in the box to different pitchers like he is and and just just turned 19 in case you guys didn't realize that he was 18 only 18 last year and the youngest yeah. player at, uh, even up until like last week yeah yeah it was is very recently um I, it's it's ridiculous what he is already doing i just i Give him a contract now. I don't even care. Just yeah. ten years. If, I don't. I don't care if he's on the roster. Listen, figure figure a way around it. Like he's not on the forty man roster. Whatever. Who cares? Just give him a contract somehow. Yeah, the Astros did that with John Singleton, uh, who was also in Brewers camp. I mean, that one did not turn out that well. But no, um, also among prospect contracts, Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks had a nice eight year contract extension. No uh, that is something that the Brewers, I think, definitely should do with Jackson Churio. If they're not going to sign Corbin Burns or Willie Adamas or Brandon Woodruff, if they're not going to sign any of those guys, they damn well better be signing Jackson Churio. They they damn well better be saving that money to sign Jackson Churio long term. Do it quickly after he arrives. Yeah. All right. He comes up, makes his debut, however many games. Bring on the contract. Just bring it up right away. Don't even let him get close to sniffing arbitration. Don't let him get close to sniffing free agency. If he does, you'll never see him stay in a Brewers uniform. Do it while you can. Do it early. That's what they did with Freddie Peralta. That's what they did with Aaron Ashby. Get to them early after they make their debut and sign them. Sign them to the extension. Do it like the like the Braves did with Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albies like the Seattle Mariners did with Julio Rodriguez, like the Diamondbacks just did. Get them early. Sign them to that extension, especially if you're not going to be signing Burns, because they're clearly not doing that. If you're not going to be signing Adamas, because it doesn't seem like they're going to be trying to do that. If you're not going to be signing Brandon Woodruff, we haven't heard anything on that front, but, you know, all's quiet there. You might, you've got to go after Churio. Yeah, like literally that first day when he gets called up, you know, he, he ends up showing up in Milwaukee and he would normally sign that, you know, league veteran uh, uh, minimum contract that they all get when they first show up. He's like, you know what? Actually, this is a 10-year contract. Here you go. Yeah. Just 10 years, hundred some million dollars. Right. Millie agrees. Um, yeah. <laughs> she says, yes, do it. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, that's plan. Do it, Arnold. Do it. Do it. Do it. 
Speaking of contract, <laughs> I was scrolling through Twitter, I think, and saw that someone was trying to ballpark uh, um, contracts for uh, some players coming up, and one of them for Adamus, I swear I saw four years, $95 million or something like that. Four years? Yeah, right? Who? With some of these contracts Who that have been coming out lately, I don't, that was the thing, and I, I, I missed um, who wrote it, but I thought it was at least like a public publication that I'd heard of, but I was, I was going through really quick. And I know I, the I athletic has been doing contract extension week. What's that? I know the athletic has been doing contract extension week and talking about what it would cost to extend a, you know, a bunch of these uh, players across the league. That might've been it then. Um, but like, if that were the case, if I saw that correctly, and that's actually what was, uh, offered, oops, accidentally turned on my something else. Um, and that's actually what would offered Jesus Christ, given that, that contract y- yesterday. Yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't. There's no way Willie's uh, accepting uh, agents that. wouldn't have him agree to that. Like there's just no way with, uh, the, what's been benchmarked for shortstops so far this last off season. Like, no, no way. Yeah. You're looking at at least seven years for Willie Adamas. At least seven, right? Likely longer. Yeah, it's I, and it's yeah, because he's like he's in his prime right now. He's not old, so like, why would you want to limit the length of contract? Considering some of the ones who who have gotten the long term contracts, one of the last ones that just happened, uh, Machado, I think he's like I think he's thirty one and got a ten year contract that brings him into his forties or something, like. Yeah. Guys in their 30s are even getting these just massive contracts. Like, why on earth wouldn't Adamus, who's younger and has more years ahead of him? So. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Here's here's what the athletic had: five okay. years, 92 million dollars. Five for, years, 92. For Willie Adamus, who's going to be 27, like. Okay, so you got Xander Bogarts, who just signed at 27, Corey Seager, who signed at 28, and they're pegging about $24 million per season average annual value, Mm -hmm. Um, so slightly less than those guys, but they think five years, $92 million. I mean, like $24 million per season, like, okay, could totally see that being the case. Yeah. However, you got to go longer than five years, mm-hmm. okay? So I'm thinking more like, wait a minute, five times 24. Five times 24 is $120 million. So I don't know where they got 592. <laughs> that's, who's doing the math over at The mm-hmm. Athletic? That's that's interesting. They're, they're writers but over there, not math. Pegging his open market value at something like $24 million per season is not far-fetched, especially con- – given he'll be entering his age 29 season, five years, $92 million will work for both sides. $24 million a year for five years is 120. So I don't know what we're the, what the hell they're talking about. Um, I'm thinking you got to go eight years, seven, eight years. Yeah. Personally. I mean, I'd be surprised if it wasn't again, just compared to the rest. Like why, why is Willie Adamas of all players going to just take fewer years? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so eight years at 24 million per year, that's 192 million. So you're you're pushing 200 million mm-hmm. for Willie Adamas if you want to sign him to an extension. That's that's where you're at. Like we said, we already gotta commit all that money to Jackson Churio on the very first day available. So that'd be that'd be yeah. tough to roll out both those. And you got 215 million dollars going to Christian Yelich. So yeah, that's true too. Yeah, so that's that's the tough part of it there. But yeah. Come on, athletic. Anyway, wishful thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's even the point? You know, we all know that the Brewers aren't going to do it. Right. No, No. I know. Should they? Yes. Will they? No. Right. Uh, Yeah. Like, for example, you know, should the Jets cave in to the uh, wish list demand from Aaron Rodgers, uh, bringing in over all of his players? No. Will they? Yes. Yep. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, man. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a a wish list demand, according to Aaron Rodgers. So Mm -hmm. that was really the big news of the week. Right. Yes. Millie agrees as well. Uh, I don't know what is going on. She usually doesn't bark like this, but. See, well, strong feelings on Aaron Rodgers as well. Clearly. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Aaron Rodgers announcement, which was just he intends to play for the Jets. So not, right. not really even an announcement because we all had the feeling of that anyway. I like, mean, it's kind of an announcement else. because, like, none of us really knew what was happening, what his decision was. Like, like we kind of felt like that's what it was leaning towards. But we didn't know if if he had informed the teams or not or what was holding things up. And now, like, it, it's come out like, okay, he's informed the Packers that's what he wants. And the, the two sides are simply trying to work out trade compensation. And that's really kind of been the holdup. Now, I mean, we could, you know, you could go back and forth on the details of the rest of Roger's story and who's all to blame for this whole thing. But... Uh, that is something for a football podcast, uh, <laughs> and not not a baseball podcast, probably. But either way, you know, it's it's certainly an interesting time in uh, in the world of Wisconsin sports, mm-hmm. and uh, we got NIT coverage uh, also going on. Yeah. That's uh, more than I ever thought I'd, I'd have. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, you got the NIT, you got Aaron Rodgers getting traded. You got the Brewers getting ready for a season, and you got the Bucks just kind of rolling. Yep, and March Madness, and the World and Baseball March Madness. Class. Yeah. And Millie. And Millie, yes. <laughs> she wants to be included as well. Yes, Millie, uh, short for uh, Miller. Short for Miller, as in uh, Millie Park. Her uh, her nickname is actually Millie, Millie Bark. Uh, <laughs> she's living up to it. Yep. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to take her outside. Okay. Uh, so that is where we're going to end this podcast. Um, and I'm going to deal with that. All right. You have fun. I will try. All right. Thank you for listening to this very chaotic episode. Uh, apologies again for missing the last two weeks. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.